This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. I am Iron Man. The suit and I are one. Marvel stuff. Yeah. Talk some Marvel stuff. I've been reading a little bit more of Marvel stuff. And then I've got, you know, I've got my, that's predominantly what I did in the 90s and the early 2000s. I'd pretty much up to Siege. And then Siege kind of got me just kind of. Okay. So do you have, because I know you have like the collector mentality part of it. Yeah. Do you have a full run of something? Like, for example, Rob Krieger has Uncanny 1 through 600. I've got Uncanny, a run from 94 through 600, and then I've probably got 30 to 40 from one to from below 94. Mm-hmm. That's where I've got to fill in my collection is from nine from like one to 93. I mean, my, I've got I've got like my earliest issues are like seven and eight. Okay. So and then I then I got a bunch of the teens. Then I have a gap through the 20s, and I have some of the 30s. And then you get into the reprints, and for some reason the reprints are actually more expensive than some of the originals, and so I can't understand that. But I've, I've got '94 on. Okay. I've got a full run from '94 on. Because yeah. I was just curious, because if you were into the like, you know, the easy obtainable twenty, thirty dollar books, or was there still some heavy expensive ones out there? Oh no, there's there's some heavy expensive ones. Like yeah. <laughs> one through six. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then the Polaris ones, forty nine and fifty, are getting to be on up there. Yeah. And and given given what I said, I've got I need to upgrade. I need to upgrade my thirteen. You know, twelve is pretty expensive. I need to upgrade my thirteen, my second juggernaut. And um, and I mean, my best copy of of ninety four is I think is it a six point five or five five? I got a six five ninety four, which is probably as high as I'm going. And I got an eight point giant size X Men. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I've even got the I even got the giant size. I've got ninety four on with the giant size, right? And I got a pretty good deal of the annuals and everything. And then you know I've got a bunch of the events that happened. I even have like the Teen Titan Uncanny X Men Teen Titan special. I've got the X Men are at the county fair, Texas County Fair, <laughs> yeah. Texas State Fair. Uh huh. Um, trying to think if there are any other oddball ones. Those are really like the only two oddball ones that I know of. But- there was a dare one, wasn't there? Yeah, there might have been a dare one. And you know, there's a couple of, I think there might be one or two serial ones. And I think there was one you got a Parker Brothers uh, from a game in the 90s. You could have got a variant. But uh-huh. I, don't think it was any, I don't think it was any new material. Okay. Um, trying to think of what else. Then you got some Mark Jewelers ones. And then you got some where they're like the gold, the same, you know, same 
story and cover, except they got some gold foil on the front that were send-offs. Right, right. And then, but, but yeah, but for the odd ones from the 80s, are, I think, are that, that Teen Titans, X-Men with the Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Which is a, which is a, which is a real hoot, <laughs> and the uh, the X Men at the Texas State Fair. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Which was an insert in the whatever newspaper for Dal- Dallas Fort Worth area. Really? Yeah, it was an insert in their paper that year. Huh. Actually, actually, where do I have? See, I'm down here in my office, and my X Men collection takes up. Let's see. No, that's two six. So is that one pretty pricey to get then, since it's an oddball one? No, not really. Let's see. Yeah, my earliest issue is issue 8. I have issue like 8, then 9, 11, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, two 24s, 25, Two twenty fives, twenty six. Oh, two twenty sixes. Damn. <laughs> twenty seven, twenty eight, thirty, thirty one, thirty five. There's what I'm starting to get. Thirty seven, thirty eight, forty three, forty four, forty six, forty seven, fifty one, fifty one, fifty three, yeah, then I'm into the reprints, 279s, 80, 83, 84, 91, 94. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I may have that at the end. It, I've got like, it takes like five long boxes for my entire... X-Men? Yeah, my X-Men. Well, actually, it's a lot more. So the, pro- the problem is with X-Men is when they then started renumbering things... And then they almost came back to legacy numbering to finish off like the 600 or the 700. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just gets damn confusing. <laughs> oh, there it is. Let's see. Yeah. The Uncanny X-Men at the State Fair of Texas, advertising supplement to the Dallas Times Herald. It was a Dallas Times Herald feature. Wow. And let's see. Let me open it up here. And it's got that big... So you you know the fig famous thing about the Texas State Fair was big uh, I forget what the name of that was but it was the cow the big mechanical cowboy that would wave right and then he like burned down like two or three years ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's like on the cover with the X Men fighting around him oh huh. with a, like a, a like a winged centaur Pegasus thing that you get so yeah that was nineteen eighty three that's interesting I didn't even know that existed really? yeah let's see Jim Salakrup was the plot, David Kraft was the script, and Kerry Gamil and Alan Kupperberg were the pencils. John Romita did the cover. I don't recognize any other names. Huh. But yeah, it's it's when you've got, let's see, yeah, it's your classic uh, 70s X-Men, you know, Wolverine in the brown and orange suit. Right. You got Kitty Pride as Sprite, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, Ariel. They were calling her Ariel. A R I E. That's when she was an Ariel. <laughs> now she went through so many code names. Yeah. Oh, and it looks like so they've got so the the ads internally have Storm when she's got the mohawk. Uh huh. But the cover is when she's got her classic uh, '70s look with like the I don't know that hourglass suit. Right. Right. Bikini top. Yeah. And all that. So yeah. they've got a mix up there. So maybe it was earlier in their career. <laughs> 
they had to foil something. I forget what the story was. I think I got it and I read it, but uh, I don't know. But yeah, it was a free comic that was given away in the Dallas Times Herald in '83. So did you obtain it back then, or was that one that you got later on? Oh no no no, that's uh, that was an eBay purchase. Okay. Well, I'm yeah, just curious, yeah, you know. I think it was only like, well, I didn't really start getting collecting till my first collecting. Oh wait a second, there's an oh here's another supplement. So, but anyway, I started collecting '91. Okay. And my first thing I collected at the time, the first thing I got was I ended up. Then this was the back of the days when annuals were awesome. Right. So I got that Days of Future Present, mm-hmm. or what was it? The one with Ahab and the hounds. Yes. Which yes. was kind of what the which was kind of what the gifted was based on this past season. Right. Correct. So that so I got the annuals for that. Right. So that actually ended up having like the first cameo appearance of Gambit, and um, what else was in that? And you know, you said you had the first appearance of Ahab. And you kind of went back to where Rachel Gray and all that came back, but that's when I started. Okay. So I think I think it crossed over Fantastic Four, Uncanny X Men. X Factor and something else, maybe Excalibur. But Fantastic Four was crossing over with it because of Franklin Richards. Right, right, right. So, but oh, man, that was that's you know that's when I really, really loved the Marvel stuff then because they would their crossover events were the annuals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was like four of them. It'd always be four stories and be four annuals that would tie everything together, and they made sense when they threw Fantastic Four or somebody else in mm-hmm. because. Because they were part of the story. And then next year, what, you might have, like, I think, wasn't it one year, like, Atlantis Attacks? And so that had Fantastic Four and the X-Men, and I yep. forget who else, but it made sense. Now a, now a crossover, you got to throw everybody in. Right. And I think that's why I finally kind of got away from it back in, I think Siege was the last crossover I did, and it's like, I can't handle this anymore. It's like, every six months there's a crossover, and everybody's in it, and it's always so big, and it's just da-da-da-da-da. Now, just a crossover, though, not like an event, right? Well, well, no, there were events. I mean, that's what Siege was, was an event. Well, yeah, but it was an X event, though, right? Siege? No, that was when... Uh, remember, that's when Asgard got transported to Oklahoma? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And out of that came the Dark Avengers. So yeah. then you had Norman Osborn. Uh, was in like that. That was, that was right after Civil War. Yeah, right after Civil War. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, because so, then, you, then you had Bullseye for Hawkeye. Well, let me see. So it was Civil War, right? And then that led into Secret Invasion, right? Because uh, Tom, uh, because Osborn took the killing shot on the Skrull Queen. So that made him the hero. Yeah. And, he form- and then he formed the Dark Avengers. And Siege was him and the Dark Avengers attacking the Asgardians. Right, yeah. And blowing yeah. everything up. Yeah, yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Now, now I'm with you. I remember now. Yeah, but that whole thing just—that was, was when they were just like. And you see how I sat there and how it all went. Secret Invasion, which led to Dark Avengers, which led to Siege. It was just like one big event leading to another big event leading to another big event. And I don't know. That's kind of when I kind of left Marvel for a while and gave it a break. Right. So like noped out for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but you know, now I'm trying to figure out if I need to go back and get some of the stuff because you know I missed Original Sin. Mm-hmm. I missed I forget what else happened all during that time. Uh, Axis. Yeah. I missed uh, Fear itself. I missed. There's another one too. Yeah, there's another one, but it's like you see, I don't know what happened to the original Nick Fury. 
Oh, uh, yeah. See, so yeah. I've I've missed out on that, and you know, and I didn't get to see when Havoc went went to the the villain side, and you know, now he's uh, now he's back to hero side, but I missed that. So Death of X. Did you get no, that? I got I got Death of X. I got I got back into everything. I really got back into things with IVX. With IVX, okay. Yeah. And then I think Death of X was after that. Right. So, yeah. so I understand where I understand how Multiple Man died. Yeah. I don't understand quite how he's back, but I understand how he died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I understand that one too. Or don't go. understand it, however you want to put it. Yeah. So, so when you when you go to a con is like looking at I mean Obviously, you and I walked around C2E2 and looked at different uh, vendors and whatnot. But, like, I know Batman is on the top of your list, like, all the time. But well, he, well, the only reason Batman's on the top of my list, because it's kind of, um, he's got, a, you know, like you, like we were talking about, I'm a collector, and Batman yeah. has a lot of key issues. Right. He's, uh, yeah, I didn't so, mean it, like. Like that. I just meant like there's one certain issue that you go for. for oh Batman. yeah, I go for Batman 457. I always look for a Batman 457s. Right. But is there a Marvel equivalent to that? A Marvel equivalent that I always look for. You know what? I always go and I look for. Here's here's what I look for. I look for Todd McFarlane Amazing Spider-Man's from like 298 to 316. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I look for McFarlane Incredible Hulk's. I can't remember what the the number range for that is, and you're you're gonna cringe when I say this, but I look for li- I look for Liffield New Mutants eighty six to one hundred. Okay. Because that was my prime. That's when I first got into comics, and it was all Marvel at the time. So when I first got into comics, I had a buddy introduce it to me. So at first, I'd gotten those that that um that four issue the annual that crossover mm-hmm. Days of Future Pat not that Days of Future Present. Mm-hmm. But at that same time, about a month or two later, is when Jim Lee came out with X-Men. Right. Right. So right. I was right there when, when that X-Men 1 came out. And you had the five covers. Yeah. And it's the highest-selling comic of all time. Yeah. And so you, you had all that. But that's also – so you had that. And that's when you had Cable and Deadpool came mm-hmm. in a little bit later. So you had all that New Mutant stuff. That's when – and then X-Men and X-Factor that um, – what was that one crossover? Genosha – Oh, what was that one? That was at the in the early '90s. The um, you know when Storm was a kid and she got to be an adult again, and you had Cameron Hodge betrayed everybody, and they were all in uh, Genosha. What was that crossover? You still there? Yes, I was on mute. Oh, my bad. So, uh, but I thought you were going to answer me. What was it? Yeah, yeah. Because the, the only thing that I can think of is Executioner Song, but that's not it. But no, that, that, that was towards the end. Execution, Extinction Agenda. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd gotten into it right with Extinction Agenda, and right after that was issue 281 of Uncanny. Mm-hmm. So that's when you got the, that new team, and then you had the uh, Havoc and them forming X-Factor. Mm-hmm. And so so it basically, that's that's the event which created like the gold and blue teams of like today. Right. Because So you started with the X-Men, and that ended up being the blue team, and then Uncanny was like the gold team with Gene right. and Storm and all them. And that's when you got Will Sporticio on it, mm-hmm. and he was doing all the art, and all that was crazy. Then the X-Men was Jim Lee, and that's I think Claremont went over to that, and that's when you got Omega Red and um, Maverick, and you got kind of and, – and all that. Mm-hmm. And so all that was going on, and so it was just – I don't know. That was just a fun time in yeah. Marvel for me right then. Yeah. 
Yeah, because everything was hot and popping, and everything was good, actually, like, reading it-wise. I don't know if we go back and read it again, if it'll be the same, but... Oh, I think some of it will be. I, re- I just remember I'd go get my pull, and that would be my top read, would be I'd put all my the X-Men up on top, and that would be that would be the first thing I read. And but, but you know what? That's also when story, you know, you had this over, and I guess that was still left over from Claremont, when you had this overarching story that would go on for like two years in the background, kind of. Yeah. You'd have, you'd have these little chapters in there, but it would all kind of feed into this big thing that would then come to a head in an event. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's kind of what I liked. I don't know if we see that much in the, in in any of the Marvel stuff now, do you, where it's this overarching no. back, this this major story that's going on. But you have all these little things that are going, but they're kind of feeding into this major one. Or maybe you take a break for an issue or two from the major one, then you kind of get back to it. Yeah, I, I don't think we have that slow burn anymore. Like, anywhere, really. Well, is it not trade-friendly? Well, I don't know if it's not trade-friendly or if it's just the instant gratification era that we're in now. Like, mm-hmm. ho- holding holding people's attention for 25 issues for the whole interarching story like exo was for valiant right like everything led up to issue 50 even though you had different arcs but there was still ground laid there yeah there was and then there's some threads that I never picked up but it did seem like i don't know claremont would especially with the x-men and maybe that's why x-men's my you know still my favorite even because i had that nostalgic feeling for it. claremont would would you know it was a soap opera basically yeah yeah and, and he would just lay these little groundworks and these little threads that would just play themselves out like 12, 14 issues later, or even like 20 or 30 issues later. Yeah, and, and then, like you said, like 20 issues later, we'd still have the underlining plot, but then he would go back and pull a different thread that we didn't even know was a thread, you know, and then and then elaborate on that. Yep. So, yeah. So cool. yeah, that's that's why I you know I've kind of concentrated my big Marvel run on on X Men. Of course, I do have a fair, I have a decent run of Amazing from that time, from about the Tom McFarlane up to Straczynski. Mm-hmm. So that would that be through. So he went McFarlane, then he went for artist. He went McFarlane, then he went Larson, and then he went Bagley for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who was after Bagley. You're putting me on the spot. I don't remember. Aren't you a big ASM guy? I am, but like putting me on the spot. So Bagley takes you through Carnage. So that takes you through like three sixty five to like three three. You know, yeah, seventy. Yeah, I was gonna say seventy seventy one because it was like an odd number. I thought. Yeah, and but then you had that gap because I don't think Straczynski took over to was he in the four hundreds or the five hundreds. <sighs> I think it was the five hundred or the late four hundreds, early five hundreds. Well, he they started renumbering. Yeah. And then in, in the middle of Straczynski's run is when they went back to original numbering the first time. Right. And then they, you know, for volume, so that was volume two. Right. Which then, I don't know, they went back to original numbering. Then they went to volume three, and I think what we just finished up with volume four and yeah. eight hundred when they went back, and I think they just started what volume five a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago was Volume Five with Nick Spencer and Otley. Now I haven't gotten that first issue yet. I'm just debating on it. But today I've noticed on some of the Marvel stuff they're putting legacy numbering under the number. Are they doing that with the ASM? Did they do that with the ASM One I, Volume Five? I believe so. Oh, you see, I like that. 
Yeah, I do too. I like that because I think Dark Horse they did like with especially with the Conan series. Mm-hmm. They every every arc they'd get an artist on and the artist would do like twelve to twenty four issues and they'd renumber it. But on the inside down in the Indicia, Indicia, they would sit there and they would have like the legacy numbering so you could always keep your Conan in order. And I think they do that the same with like um, the BPRD and the Hellboys. Right. But it helps you get it helps you get a reading sequence. Mm-hmm. But it's on the inside. Yeah. So them, so Marvel sitting there putting the number on there and then the legacy numbering under it. Yeah. Is really, I mean, that's that's really good in my opinion because it helps get things in over. Because how do you read all the volumes of Moon Knight? Right? Yeah. Right. How do you figure, how do you figure out that sequence? Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. You know, that's one thing I'm considering going back and trying to get is getting that first run of Moon Knight with the Sekovich. Yeah. When he was doing it with those colors and the covers and the interiors. Oh, it looks so good. Good luck on getting that werewolf by night. Oh, I look at one. I see them. I know. I know. I know where there's one. There's one here in St. Louis. Really? But they consider it a big boy book, and they want a crappy. <laughs> it's a crappy copy. They want 800 bucks for. Ooh. Yeah. They can keep that big boy book then. Yeah. Well, they also have a punish. They also have an Amazing Spider-Man 129 9.6. Ooh. They have a Hulk 181, uh, but it's only a 7.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they also have what was the other book they had up there? But yeah, but that nine point that nine point six ASM one twenty nine looks nice. <sighs> it looks nice. <laughs> I bet the price tag looks nice too. Yeah, they've got it above guide. <laughs> they've actually they've actually got it above eBay prices. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, yeah. And if you know, if, which tells me they bought off eBay for that price, and now that to make their money back, they got to put it at that price. Right. Right. They got some nice books in there, but they they have a they have an unslabbed uh, Werewolf by Night. What is that? Forty two mm-hmm. up there on the wall, but they want eight hundred bucks for it. And this guy, and you, you know what? For mid grade, I might settle for mid grade. It's just the mid grades with that big fold, that color breaking fold over like one quarter of the book and one of the corners that just kind of like ugh. Yeah, kind of throws yeah. you off a little bit. Well, yeah, you know, I don't mind getting a mid grade if it presents well. Right. Right. And that's what that's what my both my uh, X Men my Uncanny ninety fours they know one's a four point five and the other's a five point five I would look but I got a bunch of stuff stacked on my my slabs and all that but they look nice right, they, right. The, the issues come in the you know some small color breaks in the corners and some stuff down the spine but other than that they present well and that's what I like to get yeah so I don't mind mid grades as long as they do that but. So, so is that your breaking point? I mean, is that like you don't mind the lower numbers as long as they look decent? Well, yeah, but you also have to be practical about it. Like, I'm eventually going to finish my uncanny run, right? Right. Yeah. But I'm going to have to have a low grade uh, unca- uh, X Men number one. Right. 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 Because you get a high, you get something mid to high grade, you're talking five figures. Right. 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 So I am going to get, but you know, if it presents well. Right. And you know, like I was, I was, I was sitting there saying, I've got like issues seven, eight, nine, and they're kind of mid-low grades. I'd say they're probably like in the between the, the threes and fives, and it's all in the spine. But I tell you what, those Marvel books from the '60s, yeah, yeah. the colors, the colors just pop. Yeah, I, I don't agree. know what it is. You get, you get the, you get the DC books from that era. They just don't pop like these things do. I don't know if it was the, the if it was the ink. Or the color choices, mm-hmm. but I can look at some of like the Batman and the Superman from that era, and you put them beside by, and I can see why people loved Marvel in the '60s, and they got and, and the kids pulled them off the rack. They just shine, 
Because of the know. different vibrant colors? Yeah, and, well, I guess the pattern and the action on them. I mean, if you yeah, go back true. and take a look, you, you see some of those covers for Superman and Batman. They're, they're kind of static. Right. right. But you look at those Marvel ones, especially like the Thors and the Journey and the Mysteries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, there's just motion in them and there's action in them. I mean, my, like well, my favorite Marvel cover of all time, I think it's what, Silver Surfer 4? Okay. That picture where it's got Surfer diving and you know, Thor standing out in front of Asgard on, on the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, yeah, Kind of yeah. looking up and he's and the Surfer's coming down and they're and about he's diving to, down. Yeah, and they're just about to just hit. I mean, <laughs> God, what a cover! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's pretty amazing. No pun intended there, but I know. And you've you've got the others like that, and it's just cover. They just don't do covers like that anymore. But then you sit there and you compare them. But if you get the right book, I mean, you can get a low grade book, but the colors on it will still just Mm-mm, mm, look good on those mar- those '60s marbles and just pop out at you. Yeah, they're vibrant. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just there's, it's got to be the same ink and the same paper DC was using, but it just had to be like the the com- Well, you know what? I think a lot of the Marvel books. Well, I sit here and I, I say that that they they'd have dark background, but mm-hmm. now I'm but now I'm thinking about Captain America 100 with that white background. So that's not exactly, but that's another one that just pops. Yep. And you're right, though, because Marvel was using DC's printer at that time, right? Yeah. Around that time. So, I mean, it had to just to be the different color palette choices, I would think. Maybe. Maybe. Or just, I don't know. I mean, you had to, you had the four-color process, right? But could right. you could could you choose different shades of the colors? Maybe they were using a different shade of red or a different shade of yellow. Right. But you know, I don't know. It had, it had, kind of had to be the combination, yeah. also. Yeah. And they're... and and maybe the DC and the DC stuff had too much details. You know, when I mm-hmm. think back to that era, I I kind of I have those pictures of, especially the Superman and you know, the action at the time. You'd have Superman on the cover, and it'd be like three or four other people on there, and it'd have the word balloons, and it's almost like a scene from the comic. But you got a lot going on there. You get the Marvel stuff. It, most of the time, it was like one character. You were looking at the perspective of whatever threat they were facing as the as the the hero was staring at you, you know, yelling something or whatever, defying you or whatever, right. and that was the cover. Right. Yeah. It it was almost and, and there's plenty of DC covers that I love from that era too. Oh, oh I do too. Yes. <clears throat> but like it was almost like Marvel was the movie poster. That's what it is. Yes. That was selling the comic, and it was just a big, huge movie poster of like, hey, here pick me up by me and then like dc was the comic strip cover if that makes yeah, sense well, you know the, yeah yeah the marvel was i mean the dc was almost like a panel from inside the book right right while the marvel was just a, like you said a movie poster the 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 highlight the the you know what was going to happen in the book right right because you i don't think you you well you know occasionally you did see the panel the cover recreated on the interior somewhere occasionally <laughs> occasionally <laughs> but but i mean that's the 60s then you get to the 70s marvels and the 70s is like horror and the and the cosmic stuff you know what i saw today i saw somebody online and i almost almost jumped at it they had like a hundred issues of um tomb of dracula oh yeah for sale for 150 bucks and it included issue one whoa and they were all and he said they were all in great shape well even if they were all weren't. That was. I don't. That's still a good deal, though, right? Yeah, it, it didn't. I don't think it had the first appearance of Blade in it. But you, you know, you had that's Cochrane art. Yeah, 
that yeah. was doing that was doing X Men. Right. And it, I mean, it's and it's like I think that's. 70s Marvel horror, mm-hmm. which is you know like you're talking about Werewolf by Night, mm-hmm. Tomb of Dracula. Uh, what else was coming out then from Marvel horror? Yeah, I mean it was it was the horror type stuff. Like well, you I, said. Guess, I guess Ghost Rider. I guess yeah, Ghost, Ghost Rider, Rider was there. Yeah, what was that? Um, dang it, Marvel Spotlight or Marvel was, Presents? Well, oh yeah, Marvel Presents more was like where they would try out characters if they. Uh, if they were successful, then they they got their own book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. It was Marvel Spotlight. Yeah, because I think it's Marvel Spotlight Seven, right? I think you're right. It's somewhere around in there. Because that that would be Ghost Rider number one. Yeah, and that Ghost Rider is a nice cover too. It, it, it yes. it's black, so it, it's it's hard to find. Yeah. In good shape because you're gonna get those those color breaking spine ticks along the on the along the spine, but oh, those early Ghost Riders were pretty too. Yeah. Because you had the, like the evil Knievel type uh type type painting like where he's jumping mm-hmm. over stuff. Yep. Yeah. It's Marvel Spotlight number five actually. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah. That's an expensive book in good shape. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but yeah, those and then you had the cosmic ones. So that's like when Adam Warlock and Thanos and all them came about in the early seventies. Mm-hmm. And when I guess Starlin started doing some stuff so i think what did when did warlock come out warlock started well he came out of fantastic four in the mid 60s then he disappeared for a while then he popped back up in thor yeah but then he came back in marvel premiere Mm -hmm. then he got his own book and then starlin took over i think with issue nine and i think that's when so thanos came about in iron man yeah and then disappeared for a while until he reappeared there with warlock so yeah I don't know. That was a, that was a fun time too. I you know I've thought about getting some of those early Iron Man because you know when I so I was talking about earlier when I was first getting into comics and Marvel back in the early in the late 80s early 90s. Mm-hmm. I never really got any comics when I was a kid. What I did is I inherited my uncle's comics who okay. got them in the 60s. Right. So I actually grew up on a lot of the DC and the Marvel from the 60s. Like I had read that. Um, Iron Man, Namor, number one issue. I don't know how many times. It was coverless, but I had read it I don't know how many times. And then I read some Spider-Man story where there was a remote control airplane that was being flown in, into buildings and blowing things up. Mm-hmm. So I've got a bunch of Marvel then that I haven't figured out what issues they are. To kind of remember, figure out how the story ended because after like 30-something years, I still don't know how the story ends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that was my that was really my first introduction to Marvel in the seventies was rereading all the, the, the my uncle's issues from the from the sixties. Yes. But he didn't have any he didn't have any of the expensive ones. Yeah. And anyway, they weren't in good shape either. Yeah. Well, if he did, then like the cover would be off or something, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, that seventies, and then oh what? Then you get into I'm trying to think what else from the seventies that I really like from the Marvel. I like the horror and the cosmic stuff. I don't know what was really happening with the others at the time. I mean, there's some good Bronze Age stuff in there because that's when Luke Cage came out and Black Goliath and, oh, what else? Iron Fist. Cause, oh, yeah, because he had the big Kung Fu. Yep. Oh, so he didn't have Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All the, I mean, the Marvel 70s was just – you know what? It was more like – what was it then? Marvel was kind of – capturing the culture at the time and incorporating the comics as a, the other way around where it's now where it seems like Marvel is setting some of the culture. Yeah. 
because everything's like full circle, right? Mm-hmm. Because everything's coming back to. I mean, that's just what it seems like to me. Everything's coming back to everything that was popular then, like the what ifs, for example, right? Oh, the the what ifs were great. I mean, I read them, but I only kept like the key ones. Like, what if uh, Hulk had killed Wolverine, or Wolverine had killed the Hulk, and oh, there was some there was some great stuff from the what ifs. Yeah, and Wolverine. But they did. But they don't do them like they used to. I mean, they, they're coming back, but they're—I mean, like the Marvel two and the current Marvel two and one. Does that feel like the original Marvel two and one to you? No, not really. No. It's just a title. Yeah, it's just a title. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you're getting these these odd pair ups. Well, I won't say odd pair ups, but. Well, the Marvel two and one right now was basically Ben and Johnny looking you mean for the, fa- the Fantastic Two. Yeah, basically looking for everybody else. So. Which is fine, but that's not how it was back then, though. Nope. Because that was like Marvel's equivalent to um, Brave and the Bold, I would say. Mm-hmm. But yep. you always had Spider-Man in there, it seemed yep. like. Spider-Man yep. was somebody. Well, let me see. So, Thing was always Marvel 2-in-1, and Spider-Man was always Marvel Team-Up. Yep, yep, there Is you go. Is that how it worked? Yeah, yeah, that's, yep. And then, then if we want to change a decade... <laughs> then we get into the then we get into the eighties and we get Marvel Comics Presents. Yes. Oh. Uh, now now what's your feelings on Sam Keith? There's some Sam Keith that I like and then some that doesn't hit me as well. Okay. Well okay. So what about the Marvel Comics Presents Sam Keith Wolverine covers? Oh yes. From that era. Yes. Those are I I, I highly enjoy those. Yeah, and then you had the Barry Windsor Smith ones from yeah. the Weapon X, yep. that twelve, that thirteen issue length one in there. Yep. So yeah, Marvel Comics Presents was the jam back then, yep. and it was an anthology. Yeah, because they were and one I don't and done. And do something. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they'd go over like two or three issues and be, but the thing is, they would be staggered. Right. 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 So you, so these three issues would be part one, two, and three, and by the time you got, so then part two of this story would start part one of another story. And then part three would start part one of another story. Then you'd get part two of the previous one, and you'd end up the finishing that one. So, I mean, it was it was a brilliant way to keep somebody hooked on hooked in the series because there was usually something, in, and they were all, they, and none of the stories are interrelated, but they were different. I don't know genres to kind of. So I guess they would be something appealing to everybody. But that was great. And I think that went on for what, like 120. I think that went on for 10 years, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Because it was over 100 issues. Yeah, I think it was 100. 117 something like mm-hmm. that yeah i was thinking yeah so when i think 80s marvel i think that and then the x-men because i think that's when the x-men really took off was was the 80s yeah but they didn't also but he also didn't have like 30 or 30 or 40 spinoffs either right you had x you had x-men yeah you might ha- then you might have a miniseries like like i think long shot came out of a miniseries in the x-men you had kitty pride and wolverine mm-hmm. where she learned to become a ninja mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which i hadn't read before i recently got that like four or five months ago and i'd never read that so that was entertaining because <laughs> it explains a lot now like well you know that oh yeah kitty pride's a ninja that's how she can do all this <laughs> stuff now yeah. now she, she she learned to be a ninja in like what i don't know like six months yeah or something like that so yeah, it was a crash course that's for sure Oh yeah. Well, you know, you know, being killed will teach you, or somebody <laughs> attempting to kill you will teach you a lot of things, I guess. That's true. But I mean, what else came out of Marvel in the '80s? You had the X-Men. I mean, what were the Avengers and all the rest of them doing at that time? In the '80s? Yeah. <sighs> I was trying to think, because <laughs> those were just basically like one-off 
one or two off stories, I would think, in the eighties, yeah. where they were just team ups and. I get so okay. Well, let me take it let a step see. further. So, so, but how do you feel about the Avengers? Uh, now I mean, or? Well, no, no, no. I mean, overall, the. I mean, I you know the the Avengers are supposed to be. I can you know I you always compare them to DC's Justice League. Right. But it seems like Justice League is more of a team than the Avengers are. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like the Avengers are heroes that come together to stop something instead of actually being on a team for something. Yeah. Like and, uh like first it, like first responders. Yeah, and it always seems like I think everybody in Marvel's been an Avenger. There's no there's, it doesn't seem that there's, there's no yeah. Exclusivity to it, right? Right, right, yeah. Well, well, well think of it this way, right? So, I, I know I've listened to you and Aaron, and I know how everybody, and you've got the same feelings I do about Cyborg being a Justice League member, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit. Right. But with the Avengers, you can put somebody in the Avengers, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it works. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's 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 almost like anybody could be an Avenger. Right, yeah. And, that, and that's what I was saying, like, for... They're like first responders type thing. Like this huge event happened or this big, huge bad guy showed up from outer space. Well, let's call in whoever closest superheroes are around. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now you're an Avenger. You're, and they all get deputized. Right. Yeah. And they go off and do their thing. Yeah. And and I don't – and I don't – there's also something – you know what? So that last event they had in there, uh, what was it? Avengers No Surrender? Yes. Right. You read that, right? Yes. Okay, so so that was actually pretty good. I enjoyed that. But what was it at the end? The rallying, you know, that's that's the thing about. They always want to try to put some kind of like emotional um, crescendo. Yeah. Being a, being an Avenger, because you, you saw like an Avengers uh, no surrender towards the end. They're about to be defeated, but it's like no Avengers never quit. Avengers are this, and you should be proud to be an Avenger. And Avengers, and it inspires them because they're an Avenger and they overcome it all. And I'm just like, I don't know, that just doesn't work with me. Yeah, yeah, like to try to be a big rally cry to like get everybody pumped up around them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know why that doesn't work for yeah. me. It just it, and don't get me wrong. There's some adventure stories that I really like. Oh, but, there are for me too. I mean, I like. But it seems more Avengers like a club. Like, yeah, that's like, what it is. Like a Kiwanis club, or you know, the Shriners club, or Masons, or something, than mm-hmm. an actual like team going out and doing things. Yeah, and explain to me this: how mutants can be on the Avengers, which are loved by the pup population, but they're still hated and feared. <laughs> well. I think that was trying to get the rub because everybody loved the Avenger, the Avenger. So then, you know, let's try putting a mutant on it and show them that they're not that bad. Yeah. It didn't always work, but, you know. Well, yeah. Well, Beast has been on there for how long and all that. Right. And then and then Rogue was on it and all that. I, I don't know. I think, see, I never read any of this stuff. See, that's something I missed when I took the break from Marvel was Rogue, I guess after AVX. So I even missed AVX. Okay. Even though I'm a big X-Men fan, I didn't even read AVX. And I guess after that was A plus X, and then you had a mix of Avengers and X-Men, so what, the public could more... It was supposed to like bring the public to like them more? Was that, was yeah. that the point of A plus X? Yeah. So they could be more PR, basically. Mm-hmm. And then... So... Yeah. So did you, so you, did you miss um, House of M, too? No, I got House of M. Okay. Okay. I got House of M. That that was was that 90s or 2000? I thought that was early 2000s. 
It could have been, but I did have. Well, yeah, that was way before Siege, though. Yeah, yeah, it was. So yeah, yeah, I got House of M, which was a, a pretty good. I still say, I don't know. If you want to sit there and ask me what my favorite X Men crossover was, I don't know. I really liked Extinction Agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an Executioner song. Yeah. Age of Apocalypse was just. Oh, Age of Apocalypse was just awesome when they just like retired the entire universe and put out the new books. Yep. Yeah. And then, you see, that's how an event should be done. I guess one of my problems with events is an event's going on, but then if there's some books that are where the characters in the event, they keep going, or the, the other character, and it's like the event's not even happening in the other books. You think if there was some big something going on that it would touch, you'd see something in the background or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what, what was great, I think, about Age of Apocalypse, didn't they kind of like really didn't have any of the other books going? Right, yeah. It kind of like... And everything almost had to be reset from it. Yeah. And it ended, was it the Age of Apocalypse that kicked off Heroes Reborn? Yes. And the Avengers... No, that was, or was that Onslaught? That was Onslaught, which wasn't very good. No, I agree. <laughs> but I agree. but you see but you see now in that era how we're trying to get all of our crossovers and what led into what mixed up. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's when you get – and I don't know. Do you feel like the event stuff is still going on, so there's still, like, event fatigue, or have they taken enough of a break from it? Well, okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I haven't talked about it yet. But, okay, we had – well, we had Secret Empire, right? Yeah. And then just, like, last week or the week after – or week before, we had Captain America number one again. Mm-hmm. And so what happens in Captain America number one – Seems like it happens right after Secret Empire, so... What? But that's been, what, a year ago? Yeah, so, like, anything Captain America that came out bef- in between that time, just, it doesn't make sense. Like, this book should have came out, like, right after Secret Empire. To me, that's mm-hmm. that's how it felt to me. Like, because now he's, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not for sure who he is now. Like, I've always stood for this and this, but is it the right thing at the right time, right? Yeah. So all the other stuff before, like where he was a nomad, basically again, you know, going to little towns and little towns trying to clear his name or or do deeds because he felt guilty about events of Secret Empire. It's like we could have just skipped all that and not had that and just started from here. Okay, so answer me this: so if Captain America is getting a free pass for the events that happened in Secret Empire, why isn't Frank Castle? Exactly. I can't answer that because <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different stuff that from Secret Empire that still needs to be answered. I think. Oh, uh, and uh, I guess they still haven't bought back. Um, oh, who was that? The guy uh, from Hulk's best friend, or oh, oh uh, uh, dang uh, it. Jo- Jones. Yeah, can't think of his name. What's I, his name? Yeah, I even read it too. Damn it. People are yelling at us right now. Oh, but of course. <laughs> yes, they haven't brought him back yet. Oh, I know. I can sit there and see from issue one where they pushed him in the trench, and he took the full blast to become the Immortal Hulk, but he didn't know he was immortal at the time. Yeah. Which is a very good book. I think of everything that's restarted, I'm really, I think I like the Immortal Hulk the best. I think so. Uh, I haven't, uh, honestly, I can't say that because I hear you guys talk about it, but I haven't yet to read any of them. You haven't read it? You haven't read it? No. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I'll probably do that. I have it queued up. I've just been 
reading you know, other get, things instead of. Yeah, for this name we're trying to think, for some reason, a snapper car keeps popping in my head, but no, 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 wrong numbers. Oh. Um, something, oh, crap, what's his name? Jones. It's yeah. something Jones. It's something Jones. Dang it, Mr. Jones. No. Dang it. So, so is he the only, because everybody that died in Secret Empire now is uh, come back except for him. Right. <laughs> so far. Yeah. So. But, 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 but remember, back in the day, he shared a body with Captain Marvel. Yeah, he did. And not Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. I think nope. it was Marvel. It's Marvel, yeah. Yeah, and so that's Rick Jones. Happen. Rick Jones, that's it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I we have I could see him like I could see them executing him in Secret Empire. Yeah, that's what. And I was just, I was just like, oh, come on, what's his name? But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everybody else has come back. Even you know, even brought back Las Vegas. Yeah. Which that was a that was a good series. I like that Doctor Strange Damnation. Yeah, the, I that, really that little mini series with them. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and well, now do you count that as an event? Uh, yeah. Well, it kind of has to be, right? Well, no. Well, because uh, 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 other books crossover. Well, well, you had you had Damnation, and the only thing that really crossed over with it was Doctor Strange, right? Yeah, but other, the, other books talked shot. about it though. Well, they talked about it, but did they actively actively participate in it? No. No. Well, let me ask you this. So, were there any when the Avengers were ghosts, uh, were spirits of vengeance? Mm-hmm. Did that appear in any other books? No, because that would have been the big thing in Damnation going on is the uh, Avengers being spirits of vengeance. Yeah, no, they but, didn't. But that, but that Ghost Rider one shot was just awesome. Yeah, I I agree with that. And that's oh man. So, mm, how do you feel about like the new Ghost Rider with the car? Okay, <laughs> it's not. That I don't like him, but my Ghost Rider is like Mark Tessiera and Finch and Javier Salteras era Ghost Rider. Yeah. So I can't really get like I think that. So, so Danny Ketch, not even Johnny Blaze. No, Johnny Blaze too. I'm just but saying Dan- like. But but that Tessiera era was uh, Danny Ketch. Yeah. It was. And, that was when they, and that's when they were doing the sweet every once a year around Halloween glow in the dark. Yes. Ghost Rider covers. Yes. <sighs> but see, I love those two so much. I think it jades my opinion on on the new one. Yeah, well, I will say I haven't read enough of the new one to be an opinion. You know, I just it's like I just don't see Ghost Rider in a car. Well, yeah, that too. And I'm early and I'm old enough that I kind of like my original Ghost Rider rode a horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't. It wasn't flaming or anything. <laughs> it was white though, right? It was a white horse, yes. Yeah. And the man who sat upon him was death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, and I you think know, I think yeah. that the new Ghost Rider is written more YA-ish, and I think that's why I nope out of it really fast. Yeah, but weren't you know weren't the comics that we were talking about earlier from the '60s and the '70s and getting into the '80s weren't they kind of? Well, you know, yes. Yes, they were right. they were written well, but they were also very wordy. Yeah. So even given how wordy they were in prosy, were they still written for? You know, actually, you go back and you read it. Some of the subplots and stuff weren't for weren't you know, for kids. The, the the young audience thing. Yeah. yeah. But that's who was buying them most. Right. Yeah, but then you get okay. So we talked some about the eighties. We get to the nineties and that nineties Texera Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. And when they're doing like them, and then Johnny Blaze jumped on board, and they were the Spirits of Vengeance. And he had that what Midnight Suns co that little corner of the universe. 
You see, that's what I really loved about Marvel in the 80s and the 90s, and maybe the early 2000s, or maybe that's when it happened. But that's when all the books had their own little like corners. Yeah. And they really didn't go off into into each other's. And I'm wondering if some of the issues I was starting to have with Marvel with Siege and all that, it was but I you know, it's kinda what you're supposed to do with the universe, I guess, is everybody was interacting with everybody. Where back in the day if somebody interacted with somebody, it had to be something odd going on. Right. Like the you know, like the Fantastic Four and the X Men really didn't interact unless there was something that brought them together like Franklin Richards. And you didn't have the Avengers uh talking talking to the X-Men unless there was some kind of conflict. Which usually the Avengers ended up with the cosmic stuff. Right. Which right. I always kind of liked. But then you had to separate, like, oh, I'm trying to think of some of the others. Well, even, like, with Daredevil and Spider-Man, that makes, yeah, they, that, that makes sense because they're both in the same area. Yeah, but they're kind of almost dealing with, like, street-level crime. Nothing big. No, no, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like, them running into each other, because well, they're yeah. both doing street-level crime, makes sense. Oh, yeah, and like and like in the eighties when you have like Punisher and Daredevil would run into each other. Yeah, and then ever, the occasional Captain America would pop up. Right. Where yeah, is it? I mean, well, can you can you name any Marvel characters that didn't start out in New York City <laughs> or the or the, or the or the near vicinity? No. Let's see. Of the old ones, just think. Well, the Avengers were like in New York. Yeah. Uh, X Men was Westchester. Yeah. Outside New York. Yeah. Daredevils, Hell's Kitchen, Iron Man. Where was Iron Man out of? Out of Manhattan. Yeah. Well, Fantastic Four is the Baxter Building in New York. Spider-Man's New York. Yep. Um, and, of course, you had everybody else's from Hell's Kitchen. Yep. Where, uh, where, the, where, was, where was Hulk? Where was the... He was oh, Hulk was be out west. He was at... Uh, he had been out west at the at, around the nuclear test sites doing... Uh, Gamma bombs. So yeah. that would have been out west. Yeah. But so he, but his main story was, oh, I guess not. He kind of roamed the U.S. I'll give him that. Yeah. Well, after that, yeah. But wasn't he like a professor for Brown or Oxford or something? Ooh, I do not know. <clears throat> Where did Ant-Man come out of before the Avengers? Uh, not sure. Can't call that one. But I'm going to guess like Jersey. <laughs> near hoboken yep somewhere around there okay um hey, who's well i guess thor right well but thor wasn't on earth no and, but wait a second no he was no he was still in new york yeah when but he, he but he, but when uh so didn't the original thor wasn't he originally donald blake and yeah. he found the stick and yeah. turned into thor yeah and I, but I wonder if he was in Europe when that happened. I think I've read the reprint of the story, but I can't tell you. Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, that's the Donald Blake part of it is what I yeah. was. But then he eventually ended up back in New York. Oh yeah, everybody happens in New York because that's where the Marvel offices were. Yeah, and I guess they didn't have made up. I guess that's the one thing that Marvel did different than DC because DC had the made up. You had Metropolis and Gotham and Coast City, so you had almost like an alternate Earth. Mm-hmm. While Marvel tried to set things in the real world, right. so you could sit there and read it and imagine New York City and being in New York, and you could go to New York and see them. Mm-hmm. So that could have been some of the young appeal to it, also. Yeah, I think so. Where was Ghost Rider? Oh yeah, New York. Was it? <laughs> was it Hell's Kitchen? Also, or did he? No, you know probably what happened. No, well, 
Ghost Rider was, would have been with the traveling circus, right? Because it was a circus act. Yeah, and I thought it started in like New Orleans because it had it, like the voodoo type stuff. With it. It, it may have. It's been so long since I've read the the that Marvel Spotlight Five. Mm-hmm. Um, it may have, but it'd been a traveling circus, so I can see where that would have taken them across the U.S. Yep, taking them straight to Hoboken. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's a, you know, you just head you head east, get on highway, uh, get get on ninety five. Yeah. And after and after twenty, you know, and then after going three days on ninety five because of all the accidents, you eventually arrive in Jersey. Yep. And you're there. Yeah, all I gotta do is figure out which exit to get off of. Because <laughs> well, you do know, and you know, do know in New Jersey, you don't go by towns, you go by exits. Oh yeah, I've never <laughs> been there, so I don't know. Ah uh, yeah, I had a I had a good friend from Perth Amboy, but he'd always say like, oh, I'm off exit 21 or whatever exit it was. <laughs> <sighs> but then yeah, so what was your favorite thing from the 90s? From the 90s? Yeah, Ghost Rider. That Texera Ghost Rider? Yeah, I would say that or X Force. I would say. Oh, the Lifefield X Force? Yeah. Mm. What about uh, when they did the second? What about when they did Spider Man when McFarland started Spider Man? Oh, and when it was just called Spider Man? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awesome too. You know, you had that that first. What was that first arc? Torment with the lizard. Yep. And then you had those. Then you had those like that Todd McFarlane Morbius arc. Yep. Ah. Oh. Yep, and then the Sinister Six came in. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I guess what I guess the early '90s is when they spun off everything, because that's when you know they split off X Men, Uncanny into X Men, and you had Amazing did the Spider Man. Mm-hmm. But I guess before that, you also had Peter Parker, you had Spectacular, you had Web of. Yeah. And then they did yet another one. Yeah, I have a full run of Web of. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, how do you feel about those two issues in there, which they say are the first appearance of Venom before Amazing two ninety eight and two ninety nine? I don't look for them as first appearance of though. Oh, do you not? No. You do know which ones I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because there's the one where the hand pushes him out, but his yeah. spider his spider sense doesn't detect it. Yeah. And then there was another one. What was it? Or maybe there's two issues. There's an issue where it does that, and there's another issue where somebody sneaks up on him and he doesn't sense him. Yeah, and he doesn't know who it is. So for me, yes, that's who it came out like later on to be, but. It doesn't show me who it is, so I I don't count that as a cameo appearance. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I mean, if that's what they're calling it, then I'm cool with it too, because it'll make those books go up. But oh, well, yeah. But are you ever gonna sell them? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. You know, they might just get accidentally burned. No, those will never get burned. <laughs> what about any Fantastic Four runs? You got any Fantastic Four runs from back in the day you like, or are you excited about the Fantastic Four coming back? I am excited about the Fantastic Four coming back, and I wow. and I really liked um, way uh, Hickman's run on Fantastic Four. Yeah, that was good. I liked Straczynski's run. I yeah. liked Hickman's run. Uh, what What about the uh, the Burn run from back in the eighties? Yes. Yeah. I, I, so why don't people like Fantastic Four? Because they were the book in the '60s. Yeah. I mean that's that's where everything else came out of. You had like you know, uh, Adam Warlock, uh, Ronan, uh, the Inhumans, uh, Black Panther, uh, Silver Surfer, Galactus. You had everything coming out of the Fantastic Four. But for some reason, I don't know. They kind of I don't know. Is it up until the hundreds? And anything after the hundreds, they just kind of were ho hum, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then. And then they, I don't know this. Did the, 
Yeah, I, they just they just kind of got people got bored with them for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. It seemed like some of their stories were like cookie cutter type stories after that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so what was it? But I, I, well, I'll tell you what the 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 Hickman run I think got them kind of back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think at the time it was described as like fringe science, and I yeah. think that's what it was in the '60s, and they got away from it, where uh, they were, you know, exploring the fringes of of science, making ex, you know, um, exploring and just diving into stuff that eh, maybe you ought to just leave alone. But oh well, it just blew up on us. Now we got to fix what we found. Right. Yeah. It's the kind of stuff, and yeah, yeah it needs to be kind of almost impossible. It's like this can't be possible. It's almost on the on the on the verge of magic. It's just so advanced we can't quite comprehend that. Right. And I think that's what you ought to see the Fantastic Four dealing with. Uh, yes. Yeah. Because, and that's what I'm hoping it's going to be. Yeah, I hope so too. Because they've been off what creating galaxies or yeah. creating or creating oh, alternate realities or whatever. Isn't that what they were doing at the end of uh, Secret Wars? Yep. And that's what they were doing. See, in- I haven't. I haven't read the two and one, the new two and one. Oh, so is that what they found? And you can yeah. tell me, is yeah. that what they've kind of found them doing? Yeah, they found them like in a different reality, creating other realities, creating other realities. Yeah, and then like that Reed was trying to fix everything from the other realities, so he was like like obsessed with fixing everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, like. You know, like a big hermit. You know, he had a beard. Like he didn't come out and shower and shave and all that stuff because he was so obsessed with fixing everything. Oh, like a Doctor Strange beard from the comic? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, well, I'll tell you what. To get into that, I have like the new Doctor Stranges, the Jason Aaron ones. Yeah, that one, and then and he did it. Then was it who did the second one? Loveless did it, and then Donnie Cates did it. Yeah, Cates. Yeah. And then now you've got a uh, now you've got Doctor Strange in space. Yep, right. So so I've I've kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. So. Uh, and you enjoy I'm, Punisher. Yep. Just because it's fun to see him because I knew it was going to be a temporary situation. Uh huh. And you knew and it was especially something I figured Nick Fury would do and would come back and bite him in the ass and now they're having to deal with the repercussions of it. Yeah. But he's doing exactly what he would do if he got a hold of the war armor. Yeah. I can see that. Or the war machine armor. Yeah. Well, but it, you know it, it makes sense. I just, for some reason, I'm not sure I like Matt's writing on that. It doesn't resonate well with me like his writing on other things. Okay. Well, there's some... <laughs> I, I still say the last issue had the best line that, I, that, I've, that, I, that I've, I've read in a long, long time. Which one was that? It was like he's talking to the uh, Winter Soldier and and uh, Black Widow, and he's going, "Well," and they're they're commenting on why they're working with them and some other stuff. And he makes the comment, "Well, Nick Fury has his fingers in a lot of things, and it looks like you two have been fingered." <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> and he's just sitting there, and he's just he's working on something. He just kind of just throws it out there, and it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> What do you think about the Marvel Knights coming back? I enjoyed it when it first came out in what was it? Was it the nineties with Quesada? Uh huh. Did it? Yeah. So all I've heard that it's coming back. I haven't read any details on it, but um, if the original Marvel Knights was Punisher, Daredevil, Spider Man, and Luke Cage, right? Was it Luke Cage or was it Moon Knight? Oh, Moon Knight. Yeah. Right. So in the new one, I just saw the ads. It looked like Daredevil, Punisher, and who were the other two? 
Uh, I knew you were going to ask me. I, I, I hadn't seen... I've just seen the one image, and I can't... I so haven't I have even seen that image. I just knew that I, Donnie Cates was, was doing it. I haven't read anything to tell you, because I don't know what it's about. Are they going to re- try to recapture that whole... Whole vibe. Kind of like what... Well, yeah, but what was the vibe? Um, what was the vibe of Marvel Knights? It was a little bit more... More adult-ish, uh, but not in continuity? So like Elseworlds-ish? Well, in, but I thought Marvel Knights was in continuity. The Daredevil stuff was, because that's isn't that when Karen Page got died and all of that? Oh, maybe, yeah. So I don't know how that Marvel Knights is out of continuity. I thought it was in continuity, but it was kind of like the Netflix shows. It's going to be a different. It's going to be more street level. Off in its own little world type thing. Well, its own little like we were talking earlier. It was yeah. in its own little corner. These are the heroes that deal with the street level crime. You don't send the Avengers out to investigate robberies, right? Or street thugs. But these are the these are the heroes that take care of that. It's you know, it's a you know, it's a different level of heroism. Heroism is still heroes, but some can deal with cosmic events, and some deal of them deal with everyday crime. Yeah. Well, I mean, because Daredevil would suck in a cosmic atmosphere. I would yeah, think. but was but wasn't he in Infinity Gauntlet? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you look at it realistically, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. We, I don't know. I know there was one thing I was going to ask you. Go for it. You know, so, so what's the big thing that people are, you know, when they sit there and they say the MCU versus the DC movie universe, whatever that's called, right? DCU, they, right? It, well, isn't the DCU what they call their comic universe? Oh, uh, maybe. It's like, I'm sure somebody's yelling at us correcting it right now. Yeah. But, but what do they say about DC versus the Marvel movies? What's the one way they describe them? That the DC ones are more dark? Yes. They're darker. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And why is that? Is because the DC characters are darker? Uh, I think it's... I think it's more of how the movie comes across. Okay. Because, you know, whenever anybody says that, you know what You know what? it strikes me? Hmm. So, so do you remember... I can't remember if it's DC versus Marvel or if it was JLA Avengers. But do you remember that cross? There was one of the crossovers in the nineties, mm-hmm. and I remember, a, and it was when I think Perez was doing it. So it must have been the JLL Avengers. So I remember some comment, or I remember. Uh, so when the Justice League kind of comes over to the Marvel universe, and they start seeing all the heroes in the Marvel universe. And this is the comics, right? So it hasn't been really too many movies. I think DC only had the movies, the Superman movies, and maybe the Batman stuff. But they made a comment about how dark the Marvel Universe was. Right. Because at that, because at that point, you had like Wolverine who kills, Punisher who kills. I think you know we we're talking about the Marvel Knights, where it's more realistic and violent and stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. So at the time in the 90s, the Marvel Universe was considered darker than the DC Universe. Right. Because you – I mean I think the only thing you had in the DC Universe was like Lobo. Mm-hmm. But that was all cosmic stuff, right? You had Batman that didn't kill. You had Superman that's, uh, you know, the the Boy Scout. The Boy Scout, uh-huh. Yeah, Wonder Woman doesn't. Uh, you really didn't have any characters that did that, not that I can think of. But right. if you did, well, you but you know, well, Deathstroke was an anti-hero. Right. But that was, but well, that he was wasn't all, at that time, though. Yeah, but that was because of all the stuff Marvel was doing. So it just strikes me as ironic now that everybody's saying how dark the DC universe was when – Marvel was the one that kicked off the anti-heroes with Punisher, Wolverine, and all these other characters. Yeah. I think... So you're talking movies, though, right? Or well, are you talking comic books? 
Well, I guess I've kind of done. Well, I mean, people equate the two. Is it not fair to equate the two? Well, I mean, if you're well versed in it, like we are, I, uh, I think there's differences to differentiate the two. But mm-hmm. but for your average moviegoer, I don't think they would think that it was there would be a difference. You know? Yeah. So I think it's the tone of the movies as to where like like Disney's basically over Marvel, so it's basically PG-ish, right? So you mm-hmm. can take your kids to it or, you know, your niece and nephew or whatever to basically any Marvel movie, and it'll be okay. As to where... Oh, you don't think you can do that for the DC ones? Well, I mean, me, I could because all my kids are older, but mm-hmm. but I think it's more realistic-toned and as to where... The Marvel ones are more like you like we were describing with the with the covers from back in the day. Like the Marvel ones are more about um, a good time and it's for everybody type thing. As to where DC's was more lately has been more like grounded in reality and dark and gritty part of reality. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of just remember that back from the day about them. You know, when you compared the two universes, the Marvel universe was darker because of you had the the anti heroes and the big thing about Marvel is all their characters had flaws. Right. The DC ones didn't. Right. And so when when each would see the other, you know, I can't remember exactly what the Marvel characters thought of the DC universe, but I think they thought it was like too perfect, too too pristine you know, and classy, too pristine, too simple. Yeah. In the, not dealing with the reality of life and everything, but the DC characters are like, what the? Yeah, right. And I, <laughs> and I think, like, if you know that time back then when people were creating, mm-hmm. and you hear people talk about the DC office versus the Marvel office, like, on the DC side, you had people that were coming to work and writing and inking and drawing in suits, you know, as to where, like, on the Marvel side... They were dressing casual or whatnot. Well, yeah, Marvel was the young upstart yeah. trying new things, trying different things. Yeah, so I think that bled into the different parts of the, or the different distinctions of the universe without even trying to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that's just my opinion, though. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it worked and everything like that. So, but you know, to kind of get yeah, but uh, I don't know why it was like the past few years that I hadn't really been able to do too much Marvel and I don't want to get into that whole forced diversity discussion right. because you know I think that's been done ad nauseum uh-huh. the only thing I'm going to add is I just I mean I grew up in the you know so in the 90s and you know my Robin was Tim Drake my Green Lantern was Kyle Reiner uh-huh. and and the others and they weren't the originals but right. I guess they, they got introduced such that it made sense and I guess with these Marvel ones, they didn't get introduced. I think they got maybe they didn't get enough of a long enough introduction. But but whatsoever. But you know, yes. that's beside the point. But the new stuff that's coming out, it's like I I'm really liking the new Doctor Strange that came out. I'm really liking the new Hulk. You know, I've read the first few. I've read the first four of Avengers, and it seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know. What about Thor? Venom, Thor. You know what? I think that's one where I've missed enough backstory. I don't understand what's going on. Like why he has a golden arm. Yeah. Now I know how he lost the, you know, he lost his hammer mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but I don't understand the golden. But you know, 
um, and, and maybe it's me talking like were, the rest of them. The art just takes me out of it. Okay, I can see that. Even, uh, even, are you talking unworthy? Or are you talking the mighty? No, the no, the new the the new Thor that we're the like three one. issues, the okay. one we're three issues into. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Somehow the art takes me out of it, and I don't know. There's something about Balder and the rest of them driving around in a monster truck in hell yeah. that kind of takes me out of it too. Right. But then they explain. But I understand the explanation though. Stuff washes up there, and they got to dig it up, and that's what they dug up. So it makes sense. Right. It just I, I don't know. Maybe it's the art. Could be. It's, Could be. I don't know it's not painted, but it's kind of I don't know how you describe it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see where it's kind of rushed and rough looking. No, it's not even that. I actually think it's good art. It just doesn't fit the story to me. Okay. I can, you see what? Yeah. I can. I could see that art with a different story, but for this, it just doesn't. It doesn't seem to fit Thor. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But there's that, and I'm getting the. You know, I'm getting most of the X Men titles now again. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of just gone down to the core one just so I could keep it going, but. Um, Weapon X is kind of interesting. Weapon H, I'm kind of, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I'm not really sold on Weapon H. I'm like two or three issues behind on that. Yeah, and um, I got the first issue of X-23. Yeah. So that read pretty good. Yeah. Um, I haven't haven't gotten the new Iron Man. How do you like the new Iron Man? The Dan Slott one? Yeah, I guess what, we're on issue two of it? Yeah. Um, Actually, I, I... I'm liking it. I, I like that we're back to basics with it. Okay, and maybe that's what's making that's what's so nice about the this new soft soft reboot. They, yeah, they called it something else though, didn't they? Yeah, new direction. New direction. Yeah, know. I mean, but, but but here's here's what I'm afraid of. Are we liking it because it's going back to what we're comfortable with? Yeah, true. And so, are we just old men? Get off our get off my grass, get off my lawn. <laughs> get, give me what I grew up with. 20, 30 years ago, yeah, and we're and we're and we're, and we're not ready for, and you know, we can't accept something new, something 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 different right. that we would have if we we could if we were younger. Yeah, but see, I think like with Zani, uh, Zani, with Zach and Lonnie's run on cable. Yeah. Ooh, and, I have. Oh, the cable's been great. And mm-hmm. even like Donny Cates' <laughs> run on Thanos and on um, his Strange, it's like. I know it's not, but it it just feels like an indie vibe. Yeah. For those books, but like when you have Iron Man or Avengers, those feel like your normal Marvel books. But it's like they're bringing in the but upstart gonna, guys. Yeah, but so is your normal books? But is that going to bring in new readers? Is that going to get th- make things exciting? Or are you going to kind of get dull like we were talking about, like Fantastic Four got? True. Yeah, okay. and well, we're gonna get a long shot mini series by Tim Seeley, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I wonder if Longshot's just I mean, if he's so based in the eighties, can he be modernized? Oh, I'm sure he, he probably refreshed? can. I hope so. Well I don't know, he had a arc in one of the X Men books, didn't he? X Men Gold, maybe was it gold? I can't Yeah, 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 yeah. It was gold. Because Mojo came back mm-hmm. and he put those spikes down and they were all yeah. But that really didn't seem like my long shot. No. So that's why I'm, I'm hoping that. Well, that's <laughs> that's the same thing. You can't say that if. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think Tim Seeley gets the character and he want and he wants to do the character. So mm-hmm. at least that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Instead of just getting handed the character and being like, okay, do something with this. 
Oh, and figure it out as you go along? Yeah, right. Yeah, speaking of which, I mean, is it getting harder? Does it get harder to do characters when they've had, like, have like 20 or 30 years worth of history? I mean, a writer gets it, do they? Unless they've read it their entire lives, how much background information do you got to do? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't. Well, what was the one? Oh, with Iron Man, it told his in like six panels. So, I mean, you had half a page or one whole page of just his, and then you can go from there. So, hopefully that'll continue. You want to get ready to wrap this one up? Yeah, yeah. I was just put it on mute there because somebody was calling, so the phone was ringing in the background. Oh, that's all right. So that's why I didn't respond immediately. Oh, you're but, good. But yeah, but no, no, yeah, we can we can wrap it up. You know, I know we were going to talk some Marvel, but we kind of did a little bit of back history and yeah. some stuff on it. So we kind of went places. Well, that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. You want to go play. Yeah. You got to keep it interesting. So it sounds like you know we each got a good Marvel history and all everything like that and. You know, even though I've been kind of, I will say, for probably, how long ago was, for, probably for about five or six years, I haven't been reading much Marvel, except for like some stuff in the X universe, and it hasn't really been that great, but they've been putting out some stuff lately that, hey, it's bringing me back in. I think I've been doing my weekly pulls, I've actually been having more Marvel than DC in them lately. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, if if Marvel's doing stuff that can get Aaron to read some of the Marvel stuff? Yeah, then... It's got to be doing something right. Well, or something so wrong, it's so good. <laughs> or that, yeah. <laughs> Which would be multiple, man. <laughs> well, you know, it is a miniseries, so maybe it reads maybe it reads better when the whole thing is exposed. Maybe. You can you can, you can absorb the entire story. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> You're not holding out hope? No. Oh. <sighs> but let's wrap this one up. All right. Oh, crap. It's been about an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you talk about something fun. Yeah. Um, they can find me on the Twitter machine at Rombar316. The show is at Ultimate Marv Pod. And where can they get you, Dennis? Oh, I am. You usually find me weekly with Jay on Best of the Rest, and I'm at U-T-E-N-G-R, Oot Inger, on the Twitter machine. Now, I do have it set up to when I get mentioned, it gives me an alert, but I'm still trying to figure out how to... <laughs> How to operate the Twitter machine. Yep. I need I need an online course or something to just teach me to Twitter. Yep. Or we'll just, while we're eating at a con somewhere. Well, yeah, we were supposed to do that earlier this year at C2E2, but that never did happen. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that never happened there. Oh, you got that right. <laughs> but. All right, we're out. Later. Later.